Live. And I think we're live. We never know when we're actually live. <laughs> when the live counter starts, I assume everyone in the world is watching us right now, Marama. So. Instantly. They're all there immediately. Second we go live, they're all waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone who's watching them, millions and millions. Uh, first of all, welcome to the call, uh, Marama Carmichael. Welcome to the call. Thanks, David. Lovely to be here. Always a pleasure. So um, I love your book, Fixing Frankenstein. And how to fix your Frankenstein business is the topic for today. So I suppose maybe uh, give us a bit of a background. How to fix your Frankenstein business? Where does this all come from? So I own a company and a web agency or marketing agency called Oracle Tree. And I found um, over the years and also working with business owners in some other sort of bits and pieces that I'm part of, that a lot of business owners start business and they're really, really good at their thing. And their yep. business grows and they end up with this kind of Frankenstein business where things are kind of working, but they're kind of not working. And over the time, they fixed a problem and bolted something on and then it's worked for a bit. And then they've come up with another problem. And being business owners, you know, they're um, really good at problem solving. So they solved that problem and stuck another bit on another bit and another bit and another bit. And they ended up with this sort of lumbering along, kind of too big for itself, not quite working very well um, business that they don't know what to do with because they don't know like whether to tear it all down and start again or whether to bolt something else on and that'll fix it or you know what to do um to fix to fix the problem and so yeah, it sounds I like renovating that, a house doesn't it <laughs> yeah absolutely after about absolutely. three or four renos you start looking at it going geez it looks like Ooh. a box is stuck together <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. same thing and i think a lot of like i found that over time everyone's been specializing so much like experts have been specializing and everything which is awesome yeah but the problem that leads to is that the business owners are the ones who have to have the whole thing in their head and then they hire their experts in on the specific things but it's the business owner who's expected to think of all the things mm. um and most of the most of the people i work with anyway they're not trained in business they don't know what yeah. to do they don't know what they don't know they're not the right person to hold that entire vision in their head of how all the many 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 pieces are going to fit together without some kind of guidance and and sort of help along the way to hold it all so yeah yeah i often equate like a person running a business is a bit like a four-year-old taking a great dane for a walk yeah the question is exactly. who's, who's walking who right <laughs> and exactly uh, takes off on its own tangent because inevitably the market will dictate what uh, you should and shouldn't do and uh, if you want to survive you follow the market but after a while exactly. you end up with something that's sort of really nothing like what you originally thought Exactly. And you can get really reactive as well. So it's like, you know, okay, there's this problem, I'm going to fix the problem. Here's this problem, I'm going to fix the problem. Yep. And they end up like, you know, the number of people I know who are working ridiculous hours, like the worst hours, they would never, if they were working for a boss, they would never put up with the stuff that they put up with. Yeah. But it's their own business, so they do. They suck it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, they suck it up and they work the ridiculous hours and they're up at two in the morning doing the books that they shouldn't be doing and they're like all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So tell me, um, fixing Frankenstein, when I think about a house that's been renovated 17 times, sometimes it's easier just to pull the whole thing down and start again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what, what's the theory behind fixing Frankenstein? Is it a similar approach? Is it about starting again or is it actually about... It's not really, not not usually. There will always be pieces that you can use um, yep. that work. It's sometimes you have to start some things again. So sometimes, like um, so, our core business is marketing and web and branding and stuff like that. So sometimes you do need to, if that structure isn't right, you do need to kind of start that bit again. But even then, there's always other stuff that you can reuse. So your website, your copy that you've worked hard on, will probably be at least the the base form for the other copy. So there's nothing's ever wasted completely. Okay. Um, but yeah, sometimes you do need to pull pull 
some stuff down, knock out walls, I say, more than right, more than a straight demo and rebuild for the most part. There'll be some some fairly heavy renovations sometimes. But sometimes it really is like you just need an annex or you need a missing piece. So I usually use like an analogy of like a forest or a rainforest. And mm -hmm. so you know, it's an ecosystem. And sometimes it's a dead spot. Something might not be flowing properly into something else. So you just need to fix that flow up and then everything gets unblocked and it all works. Okay. Um, sometimes you need to clear something out. Um, and sometimes you need to to build something new and sometimes it's a matter of like you so if you're really deep into one particular platform for instance and it's working for you and but that pit isn't bolting into another bit properly it is do you get rid of both the bits and get a new thing together do you use the one that's working for you and do something else and i think it's important to make sure that you manage the change as well so if if it's working for the business, but it's not working for one other thing, then maybe the other things are things that changes, gotcha. if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. So is there a methodology or a mechanism that you use to go through this assessment and deciding what to keep, what to get rid of? Yeah, absolutely. We have um, clients who work with it. So the book goes through like a whole, I haven't had it here. Yeah. It has a, um, like there's multiple chapters in there that take you through your own sort of assessment and everything. Yeah. Um, people who work with us through Oracle Tree, we like take them through a discovery process where we dive into it. But the book goes into, you know, right down to the basics of setting your purpose and your mission and really creating what kind of business you want to have. Mm. And some business owners have never really thought about why they're in business and they end up creating something that they actually don't want and they haven't stopped to think about about it's the great dane analogy you know the great dane pulls them somewhere that they never wanted to go in their world like ever yeah because they weren't taking charge and they weren't setting the vision they weren't setting the stuff so it takes you through all of that process about hiring um you know marketing obviously has got a big section of it because that's what we do in our other company um but the book is more than that it's really is like a business a summary book and it's short it's only it's not very thick books no, it's very thin. It's, it's only 143 pages with exercises and all sorts of stuff in there. Yeah, brilliant. But, yeah. Because I, I think, you know, it is funny because a lot of people go into business for the right reasons. And one of the things I've learned is, you know, if you ask people, why do you go into business? So usually two or three different uh, comments. Usually one is freedom. So I can mm -hmm. make more money and work less hours. Well, the mm -hmm. other one is I was forced to because I couldn't get a job. <laughs> and I was only um, yeah. and, and, and you sort of listen to that and you go, oh, that's interesting. So you didn't have a choice. You got in a business, so you sort of did it. Or the other one is that they sort of have this dream, you know, that they want to get into. And inevitably, they go in with all the right intentions. They go, right, I'm going to make this thing work and I need to make at least as much as I did in my job or better. Mm -hmm. the ones that had the dream, they go, I want to work less hours. I want to make more money. And yeah. inevitably, five years down the track, when you say, how are you tracking? It's almost the opposite, isn't it? They're working harder yeah. than they ever did for anyone else and they're making less money than is legal. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You go, well, what just happened? And they go, we don't know. <laughs> we started over here. We ended up over there. Um, yeah. But this whole idea of reassessment and really, and for me, it's funny because I use that building analogy often. And mm. I'll talk about business planning and most people go, yeah, 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 we need a business plan. I go, do you have one? I go, uh, no, or, or yes, it's up here. Or my favourite is... Oh, yes, I did it 10 years ago and I've yeah, never when looked we started. at it and I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. So how did it yeah, go? Yeah. And they go, oh, it was great. You know, we did the planning, we executed on it and we got to where we are. And I go, great, so did you write another one? And it's like, no. Um, and uh, it's funny because if you go to a builder and say, I want you to renovate my house or build my house, the first thing they say is we need to create a plan. You go, oh, don't worry about that, just start. Mm -hmm. And that's not any crazy, it's illegal, right? Um, but in business, you can do this. You can say, I'm just going to start my business with no plan and just wing it. Yeah. And so when, when we talk about this whole fixing Frankenstein and I look at the analogy of the, you know, the uh, renovation, 
you know, you can take a box onto the side of a house and call it a room. Or you can look at the whole house and say, well, let's work out strategically how to make it blend into what we currently have. And that's way more expensive. But mm -hmm. it also adds value to the house as opposed to decreasing the value. And it's better to live in as well yeah. while you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and often and I think planning is crucial. Like it's like we do quarterly planning and that, that's in there as well. It's like, you know, what can you do? What are the meeting rhythms? And it is about that, that regular assessing and regular mm -hmm. finding is what we're doing still working. Has the market moved? Yep. Has the business moved? Have my desires moved? Have my team moved? Like, you know, what's, so when we first started, we were like web, like full on web agency. And now like the market moved, people didn't need websites as much as they needed the holistic thing. And so now we're much more marketing focused. And I think you probably find the same with what you do yep. is that like people's needs change and as yeah. the problems change, the solutions need to change or else, you know, so you much so. stay around. When I started years ago, 20 years ago, we used to do plans annually, annual business plans, you know, mm -hmm. write your business plan for the financial year or the calendar year, uh, settle it all up, the, decide on your trajectory and just make sure you're on track. And then we moved mm -hmm. to quarterly planning. Mm -hmm. Quarterly planning was great because all of a sudden you would look at it every quarter. It's a bit like mm -hmm. uh, BAS, you know, everyone sort of complains about BAS, but it forces people to look at their financials every quarter. Mm -hmm. And then we realized that that wasn't enough either. So we started mm -hmm. moving into eight week plans. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons behind it was because the economy changes quite quickly. Mm. And anyone who has an annual business plan, you know, I think my favorite meme through the whole COVID thing was um, most people's business plan didn't anticipate this happening, did it? <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah. so when things happen, things change, like the economy changes, uh, I think it's time to reassess the business plan and say, is it still valid? Do we need to actually mm -hmm. make amendments? So it's about moving through this planning process in a dynamic way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're making, and I think the thing is as well is oftentimes people seem to think that making the plan will do the work mm. and it doesn't necessarily. Um, and in my experience anyway, people are very um, optimistic about what they can achieve. You know, I think the science proves is that you, people are overly optimistic about what they can achieve in a short period of time and underly optimistic about what they can achieve in a long period of time. Yeah. So I think it's important to have like that big vision of like, you know, five year plan, the 10 year plan, the mission, like what is your purpose? What's the overriding thing that will carry through no matter what widget you're happy to be selling, what your mm. service is, like what is your actual purpose, yeah. which will you know, carry you through all the hard times and then make all the planning on top of that and then get people aligned with that purpose. And I think that um, often the sort of purpose and values and all that kind of stuff are, are seen as a very, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Like, um, Lucky. mental thing. Yeah. Like a mental thing. Like it's a, a, a analytical, you know, corporate sort of yeah, yeah. Thing. not not an actual practical tool. So our core values, we use them every single day at work. We coach, we hire by them, we fire by them. Not that we fire people very often. We coach people on them. You know, we'll talk about them with our clients, with our team and everybody that is in our aura work is in alignment with those core values, mm. yourself included. Like, you know, it's, so it's, yeah. if I, I don't hang around people that don't align with the core values. And, I and think it's, uh, it's funny because people almost do that intrinsically, but it's not, it's not by by planning mm. and this is the tough bit because most people do know what they're trying to achieve in their business you can ask them and they will answer the questions um, mm -hmm. the issue that i find is that uh, they can't articulate it in writing which means when they go to share it with their um, team or even with their clients or their prospects or their partners it's the message gets mixed right yeah and absolutely. uh so we talk about it as fluffy and corporate often uh, people go oh yeah vision mission culture yeah we know that, that that's for corporates mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> um, let's talk about where you want your business to end up and how are you attracting the high caliber people 
Mm-hmm. Then it comes down to saying, well, these things are now pretty critical and they become part of activity. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And even more and more now, like with the the employee, you know, the um, the great uh, resignation and all that kind of stuff. Like you know, people are more and more wanting to work with people who are in alignment with their own personal purpose and what they they run the planet for and all that kind of stuff. And it's a lot bigger question. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that business owners as well. Like, how many people do you know? Like, do you hear all the time? You know, that whole thank God it's Friday thing. Like, a lot of the planet hate going to work with a passion. They hate it. Um, and I think one of the the powers that we have as small business owners is that we get to change the world, like literally on a day to day basis, the way we live our life and the way we treat our team and the way we have a culture and create all that kind of stuff. It can have like a massive ripple effect, not only to our clients, but to our team members and their their family and, you know, you're going, you're, you're giving back to the wider community and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. because we're smaller, we can have we can be more nimble and be a little bit freer to do stuff in a different way that might not be, you yeah. know, might not work in big corporate um, because we can be more nimble and more more flexible, um, but we can make the world better. And, yeah, that's pretty well, cool. It's amazing, right, that you say that because um, for me it's always been when, when the great resignation was announced and everyone was terrified and I thought, what's this all about? And they're saying, well, you know, the employees are getting smarter these days. They start checking out who they want to work for. And I remember 21 years ago, one of my first mentors in business, uh, we were talking about recruiting team members and finding the best players. And he said, you know, first thing you need to recognize is you get the team members you deserve. Mm-hmm. A really painful statement and horrible statement. Mm. <laughs> because then you can't point the finger at the economy. You can't point the finger at uh, the people that are applying for the jobs. It's literally saying, what am I attracting into my mm. business? And this comes back to what you were talking about before with values and culture um, is even though it doesn't look tangible on the outset for a business owner who's very practical about where do I get my next client, how do I get people to pay more, how do I get rid of my competitors, in the end, when you build a small business and you try to grow it by bringing team members in, if you bring the wrong people on, it's expensive. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's um, unfortunate. The other thing that's happened, and as you were talking, it sort of reminded me, we used to be in what was called the industrial age. And this mm-hmm. is going back nearly 100 years. And in those days, to make money, you had to get a job in a production line and you work nine till five and you move widget A from point A to point B and that's what we're paying you to do. And so everyone who wanted to make money had to get jobs because there was only mm. big corporations and then there were small traders on the street. And I think that's changing dramatically because the communication channels have improved so much that you can run a small business from pretty much anywhere, you know. Mm. Probably 50% of small business, if not more now, is run out of people's homes on a computer. Mm-hmm. So the barrier to entry has dropped, um, which means that the small businesses can be more dynamic and global and they mm-hmm. can employ people all over the world. And think, exactly. And we can be terrified by it by saying, oh, my God, what about job protection, keeping money in the country? And you say, well, that's all industrial age thinking, right? We're a global economy. We always were. Right, there were barriers mm-hmm. to going global, but now they've disappeared. So any person working from their home on a computer is global. Mm-hmm. Um, what it means is a competitive environment where people can actually start a business with almost no. Problem. They can employ people with almost no sort of lock-in and commitment to you know paying high wages or having you know an environment. They can do it all online. Mm-hmm. So I think even more importantly now than ever, the small business owner has this opportunity or ability to become. Um, game changers, as you just described, mm. and they can attract high caliber people from all over the world and they can pay for one hour of someone's time if that's all they need or they can get someone full time. 
And it doesn't matter whether they're in Australia or in America or in the Philippines, it's really about do they do what I need? Mm -hmm. It puts pressure back on the business owner to be really clear about what is it they're trying to build. Mm -hmm. If your vision... It's really clear, and I think Oracle Tree is virtual by design. We always were like when we started back in two thousand and nine. There, there, there was a whole story about that. Ask me about how it's fire one day, um, mm -hmm. but um, and it was because I created that Frankenstein business. I had another business that I was felt trapped in, and I didn't yep. want to be trapped, and so I blew it up and started Oracle Tree in its first instance. And yep. when I first started, there was me and a freelancer, Claudio, who still works in the company. Yeah, Claudio is based out of Romania, and he's awesome. Love him. Um, and now, you know, we're a massive team, but we're always virtual. And the one thing I find is that it's not even necessarily hiring, you know, internationally, although we have got like an international team. Yeah. We also got team who are sort of in more remote areas or people, people who want yeah. the freedom to move. So I've got one team member who's moved, I think, three or four times since she's worked with us. Um, and she could move and you know, she took a couple of days off while she moved but there was no oh I'm, I'm moving i need to find a new job and quit my job and all of that stuff it's like you don't have that so you've got the freedom for people to live their life to be in a remote area and not spend half their day traveling mm. to the nearest capital city to have a decent job um to be flexible and be home for their kids after work and all of that kind of stuff and you can create that lifestyle for people which yeah again is that kind of ripple effect and pay them like you know proper money and have them have their life and do their thing it's great and this is the most exciting thing like when people talk about COVID and the disaster um i look at it as a cleansing <laughs> um because what it did is that everyone now knows what zoom is right yeah. everyone has it on their phone and they're comfortable with it and even though people are zoomed out they start to trade off the travel time and the convenience versus actually just having this communication that we can in a live stream yeah. and so we now it's not either or it's sort of and and what it means is we can communicate with people easily and effectively quickly. And so a business plan of three years ago probably didn't have that as a strategy. It was like, a you know, oh, we can do teleconferencing if we have to. But now it's like, hang on, we have to allow it because some people prefer it. Now, some people yeah. won't. So you've got this mm -hmm. flexibility. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I love the idea of business being readily available to everybody. And I think what it does is it problem with business for a lot of people is it's already reckoned it actually the the numbers don't lie so if you have an mm -hmm. idea and you can't get it to market effectively the, it shows up in the bank account yeah, um, let's talk about sort of tactical things that people should be doing um you know you've got this whole philosophy around how people should fix their, their frankenstein business mm -hmm. um what what's the mechanism that they should be applying uh, in terms of step one two and three I think, well, the, I think the very first thing is to get clear about what sort of business that you want to have and realize that if you're the business owner, you get to choose yeah. and don't let anyone else tell you what it should be. Mm. Like Oracle Tree is a virtual agency by design because I decided that's what I wanted for my own life. It was a completely selfish decision and we made it work. Yeah, awesome. Agencies, you know, if you look out into the world, should have offices and foosball tables and, you know, lots of glass and chrome. Mm. And we've never, ever, ever been that mm. um, because that's not what I want. And so I think that every business owner has the, the the opportunity to create what they actually want to do. And sometimes that means saying no to what the status quo is or what is normally done. And that's yeah. how innovation happens as well. Mm. So I think that's the very, very first thing. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. we go into yeah. my favorite question I've ever learned about business. And I ask this often is what will your business look like when it's finished? Mm -hmm. Most people go, it's strange. They look at me going, what do you mean finished? I'm, young i love working and i go i get it i get it but if you went to the builder and said build me a house and he goes how many stories do you want you go i don't know just start 
that would be insanity, right? So mm -hmm. the idea of finished is what you just described. And I also think people in business, they get to choose their own adventure. Mm -hmm. There is no right way to run a business. There's a way that works for you and there's a way that doesn't work for you. And exactly. If you don't put your spin on what you want, you'll end up getting whatever is dished up. Exactly. And I think that's the thing for everything. Like it's the whole thing. You don't, you don't, if you don't steer the ship, the tides will take it. And yep. so, and I think that's the very first thing. If, if business owners just realize that they were actually in charge of their business, yep. which I know sounds silly, but it feels like a lot of it's like the market pushes it, the clients push it, the mm -hmm. team push it, and they, they're ending up running around putting out fires and not actually setting the direction. And yep. so, I think that's the very, very most important thing. Right. So, step um, one, know what you want. Know what you want. Um, step two, plan it out and have some kind of regular planning process that you are looking at regularly and actually reviewing. So we've got a particular planning process that's quarterly planning and then we have weekly reviews and, and all that kind of stuff is what we do. Yeah. You're saying that you you plan every eight weeks. Yeah, doesn't like, again, no right way, but like, regular, it has to be regular. Like it doesn't, there's, a, there's all sorts of different ways, but it has to be regular. Well, the thing for me um, is I ask people, if you have your business plan, how often do you look at it? Mm -hmm. Because okay, if a builder has a building plan, how often do they look, look at it every single multiple day, right? Multiple times a day. Multiple um, times a day, probably. Yeah. Checking the measurements on yeah. this. Before we've we got a hole in this wall, let's just double check it's in the right place, right? So exactly. for me, the symptoms of a poor business planning process is the fact you're not looking at the business plan on a regular basis. You mentioned weekly. I think that's the minimum. Yeah. Well, what? weekly, we have weekly leadership meetings and we've got daily huddles. Yeah. And so it is that whole thing and it's yeah, you know, setting it all up. But you need to have a process, whatever the process is. Right. Um, and then getting the right people around you to mm. support. So I think a lot of the stuff is that sort of big picture way you think stuff. So I think mm -hmm. that that one really important thing is to know yourself, to know your own strengths and weaknesses, what you're good at, what you're not good at, and be really honest with yourself and then get the right people around you to support you in the bits that you're not so great at. Mm. and be humble enough to let them and to get out of their way to do it. Yeah. Great. And if you get the right people in a plan yep. and, and follow the plan and know where you're going, like every all the other stuff becomes details. And, yes, there are more steps to it, but without that stuff, you yep. don't have anything. Well, you know, um, I think um, was it Jim Collins in his uh, Good to Great book talks about getting the right people on the bus. Mm -hmm. um, another favourite of mine is uh, Dan Sullivan wrote a book called Who, Not How. Mm -hmm. And he really talks about this notion of if you know how to do something, you're destined to do it forever. Yeah. If you find someone who can do it, you can hand that task over. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think for a lot of people in business, the, the biggest trap is that they go into a business because they're good at something. Mm -hmm. And so they're not really in business, they're self-employed. Mm -hmm. And if they're really good at what they do, what ends up happening is not only are they self-employed, they get super busy. Mm -hmm. And so as they start to say, this is great, I'm getting plenty of work which is the sort of key word here, they're getting plenty of work. Mm -hmm. I'm too busy to grow my business and I can't find anyone who can do it the way I can do it. Mm -hmm. These are all the things that cement them into this uh, corner of I'm self-employed. Absolutely. And that's, I've actually got a bit in the book about that, the difference between being self-employed and actually owning a business. Yeah. And a lot of it's mindset and a lot of people think that they're business owners and they're not, they're self-employed. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the first choices you need to make. There's nothing wrong with being self-employed either. Like if that's what you want to do, then that's perfectly okay. But just know that that's what you're doing. Yeah. Is it by design is, is what you're saying? Exactly. Is it by design? I'm self-employed is fine. And I know a lot of self-employed people that make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but the and they don't want to have team. They don't want to have business. They don't want to have plans. They just want to take their work and do their work and be really high paid self-employed and not be on a salary. and Perfect. Kind of, you know, 
or have white papers where they can where they can sort of float around and i know a few friends of mine now have done this where they basically travel yeah and they work while they're traveling and they don't want to be a team they just want to travel and so they just work on their on their laptop wherever they are make Mm -hmm. enough money to cover their costs Mm -hmm. Uh, you know there there was a great book the four-hour work week yeah favorite but uh i I hated that book (laughs) because the first thing it said is hey you should build a business system i said yeah this is great and then you should automate everything this is great and when you're making seventy thousand a year go and live in a third world country and you're now officially a millionaire (laughs) that's a bit disappointing but it's true right so i think sometimes people think it's all about making money and i don't think that's accurate i think uh you know building a business that gives you lifestyle choices is about making sure you've got enough cash to live the lifestyle that you choose. And there's so many variables that people get thrown. They, they get sort of, it's all too hard, exactly. I'm just gonna to go to work. And it depends too on what on what your purpose is too. Like if your purpose is to make an impact, then yep. you as an individual won't be able to make as much of an impact as you leading a company that can work with more people and service more people in whatever you do if you actually want to to make a difference. Um, so I think it depends on on what your, what your personal purpose is like and so it all kind of come, yeah, I know. It's a, yeah. it's a big question, big questions. It's a big question. And uh, I think for a lot of people at Salt Search, and you know, as we move into the end of the year, I often push on people and say, I want you to just make sure that your vision for your business is right for you and clear. Because mm-hmm. it also changes. Because I think what people think they want um, mm-hmm. is very appealing until you get it and you go, oh, <laughs> that's not what I thought it was going to be. Because it's like when someone says, well, which car would you prefer, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari? It's like I haven't driven either, so I can't mm-hmm. tell you any difference between the two. So until I test drive both of them, it's not really a question that I can answer. And exactly. I think the same happens with business: is until you experience what you think you want, you may or may not understand what it actually is like. Mm-hmm. So look, exactly. um, I'm I'm pretty mindful of time, and I know that it is Halloween, and having a book called Fixing Frankenstein Business during Halloween is spectacular timing on your part. Um, but I think just before this call, you mentioned that you're actually doing a bit of a promo for Halloween. Yeah, we're having Frankenstein Friday that's starting tomorrow and we're going to be doing a promo on the book um, from tomorrow morning, um, yep. probably through until Black Friday. Um, so, yeah, go to fixingfrankenstein.com. It's available on Kindle um, and we will have a, a, um, yeah, a special sale price starting tomorrow. It's going to be a surprise how much it is. It'll be a surprise. It'll be good. Even at the current retail price, which is I think about ten bucks on Kindle. Yeah, um, ten bucks on Kindle, free if you're on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. Um, nineteen ninety-five or twenty-one dollars or something Australian um, for the hard copy. But yeah, go buy the book. Awesome for those people running the Frankenstein business. Uh, use Halloween as your excuse to fix it. And Absolutely. Hopefully, we can reset for the next uh, next calendar year to twenty twenty-three and make sure people have got some clear picture of what they're building. Yeah, now's a really good time to start thinking about that sort of thing. It takes it takes the thinking time and the processing time, and a lot of people take time off over Christmas and, and that sort of time. So I think that yeah. if you put that time aside to really do the soul searching and think about what you really want, um, and like I said, it's a, I designed the book to be for busy business owners. It's not big words. It's not complicated. It's just really high level and really practical and like yeah. an over, it's like a summary of my 25 odd years of experience in business from yeah. all different angles. So you can just kind of work out where you need to probably delve further. So yeah. hopefully it's helpful. That's brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Marima, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, David. Beautiful. With pleasure. I'm surprised you didn't put a Frankenstein mask on or something for us. I know. Just, I'm prepared. Okay. I had the time I would have created something. I'll get one. <laughs> All good. All good. Uh, thanks again for your time today, and uh, I hope some the people listening got some great value out of that. So yeah, me too.
reach out if you need any help and I'm here for you. Awesome. Brilliant. Beautiful. Thank you. Bye. Peace.